It's Theopop, episode three. The one where we will sing, sing the songs of law and grace. Cause when mercy is rejoicing, we will not see judgment's face. Go ahead. <laughs> Make my day. God have mercy on your soul. Uh, welcome to Theopop. He's David Gaddy. And he's Jeremiah Orr. And together we're exploring pop culture and art with a theological mindset. Oh, David, that was a great, great musical number you had on that intro. Yes, I want to just keep singing like the whole episode. Like, <laughs> Maybe we should. That's fitting for what we're talking about today, you know. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, this is a, an opera, as you uh, yeah. so poignantly pointed out. <laughs> Anyways, so how you been, David? Oh, man, pretty good. Christmas is over now. Yay! Yep, back to the grind, I guess. That's right, and it's 2020 for all the two more days. Woo! Woo! That's right. <laughs> so do you really think 2020 is going to be any better? 2021, you mean? I mean, 2021, yeah, that's what I meant. Well, I I'm can stuck only in hope time so. loop. Me I, too, I, I, man. I'm, I'm an optimist at heart, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, it'll get better. Speaking of exploring uh, pop culture, I was on Netflix a little bit earlier, and uh, I noticed a new show. It's actually trending at number three on Netflix's top uh, shows in the U.S., but it's they already made a 2020 documentary. Oh, really? It's like... It's comedy. It has Samuel L. Jackson as the uh, the main commentator guy, and it's it's pretty hilarious. Of course, you know, uh, warning. It has a ton of uh, warning. It has Samuel L. Jackson in it. Yeah, so obviously it's going to have some yeah. expletives, but uh, it's really funny. It is. It's very. It's democratically minded, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. Well, did, but did you see the? Did you see the um, um, the commercial that um, oh, yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta? Yeah, where John Travolta's Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like, "Will you get me off the naughty list?" He's like, "Are you off using the naughty words?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he's shaking his head and says, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh man, it's hilarious. <laughs> Which I thought was really cool. And did you did you know who was playing Mrs. Claus? No, I didn't get that. I was trying to figure that out because I was thinking, man, it should have been Uma Thurman. Like that. <laughs> Cuz it was it, it would have been, been the whole pulp fiction trifecta there, but Right. Yeah. And then the end Santa could have gone, "Yeah, I got your gift. It's in this briefcase." You yeah. know, and Sam Bill Jackson <laughs> yeah. opens it up and it's just glowing in his face. 
perfect. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We should write we should write Christmas commercials. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Samuel L. Jackson Jackson did have a t-shirt on that had a cheeseburger on it. So, you know, the whole cheeseburger motif and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's the Hawaiian <laughs> burger? A, a royal. <laughs> it, it's a French. What what do they what do they call the uh the, the Big Mac? In, in, no, the quarter a, pounder. With, what do they call a quarter pounder with cheese in France? A royale with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a great. Maybe we should do a Theo pop on. Nah, nah. I don't oh think man, I could totally well. do it. We could I totally. Ma- could. We could totally make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Pulp fiction, hilarious. Now today's <laughs> subject is a little bit less uh, crazy than that. And a lot more brilliantly done oh, to yeah. me, anyways. Oh, man, we so. got a lot to cover. Do you want to go ahead and jump into it, then? Hey, let's do it. Okay. Oh, i got to flip over to my... Here we oh, go. you weren't ready? Shocker. I'm not, I'm not ready, but hey, I'm ready now. Here we okay. go. Okay. For tonight, I know who you are. You're Jean Valjean. Oh my God! Right, my girl, on your way. I had a dream. My life would be. Help me, please! I have a child. Where is your child? No life has killed a dream. One day more. Set. Another day, another destiny. Mademoiselle. It's never-ending road to Calvary. Where's the child, Cosette? Tomorrow you'll be worlds away. Who was that girl? And yet with you my world has started But he never saw me laugh One day more to revolution Being nipped in the bud We'll be ready for these schoolboys So, <clears throat> when you suggested that we do Les Miserables, I was like, yes! Like, yes, <laughs> yes! <laughs> this, this is one of my all-time favorite movies 
I, I mean, I just, I love this. I've always loved the story anyway. I loved the play. And sure. this movie just did it justice. It was so good. Well, yeah, it's it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. The 2014 version is just incredible. Um, for me, you know, um, this story just, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, words can't describe it. It's so, so, so epic. Um, and honestly, I'd never even really, other than hearing, you know, people read, read Victor Hugo's, they call it the brick. Right. 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 Because it's like 2000 pages long. I've got, I've got this thing. I've like never been able to get through it. Like, (laughs) and I love the story. Like, I love it, but yeah. So, you know, I heard about that in high school, but it wasn't until I was in college actually that, uh, that I even knew what the story was. Um, and it was actually a Bible study. I did a Bible study on Les, Miser- uh, Les Miserables, but I used to call it Les Miserables because I, I didn't even know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I just no clue. And uh, so I did this Bible study, this this brilliant guy uh, did this Bible study with us through Les Miserables and, uh, and the book of Galatians and connected mm, it. It's and, perfect uh, for that, yeah. Yeah, and it just blew my mind ever since then, you know, with, that we watched the movie at the end of it, and that was the old movie. Yes. Um, Without the singing, it was the play, and mm-hmm. uh, which you know just wrecked me. And then uh, it, uh, when this when the the um, musical came out in theaters, I went and watched it with my dad and mom and my sister, us mm. four, and we were weeping. You know what I mean? <laughs> I still I cannot even watch the movie without crying. I cry all the way through the whole thing. In fact, <laughs> I was watching it this weekend to prepare for the show, and yeah. uh, Melanie's in the room with me, and I'm I keep telling her, "Okay, here's what's going on in this scene. Oh, I've got to talk about this parallelism happening in the music," and I was just like going on and on, and and I'm just like cracking it. my throat's cracking and she's like how are you gonna do the show <laughs> like you can't even talk to me without crying <laughs> well it's just it's just a beautiful portrayal of god's grace throughout the entire thing yes in the in the midst of the the worst scenarios yeah so, so um so speaking of that let's set this the, the stage you know one thing yes. that we haven't ever really talked about on theopop yet is that we can't really talk about this stuff without spoiling it. Right. So if so this is just gonna be kind of a, a disclaimer across <laughs> most all of our Theopops. Right. If you haven't seen this movie and you don't want to be spoiled, pause us, stop us, whatever, go spend a couple and a half hour, two and a half hours, watch the film, <laughs> come back and listen, because I don't want to spoil it. Um but but we have to talk about all the the resolutions because if it, if you don't if you talk about what this movie is about without the resolutions then it falls flat. Right, exactly. <clears throat> and you know we're going to be covering some serious. I mean, the the main characters, the the motive motivation behind them, and all and all this symbolism and picture in it. And so definitely, yeah, pause this right now. Don't listen anymore. Go watch the movie. <laughs> then come back to us. And uh, hash it out with us because it's it's definitely a fun one to to study. So uh, yeah, set the scene for us. Where are we at? What's going on? Okay, so to me, this is a perfect uh, movie to end twenty twenty with. 
<laughs> and I say that because the title of the film, the title of the play, the title of the book, it is important. It's a French for the miserables, the, the miserable people. And, um, and it is about a miserable life. It is set in 1815 France. Uh, so we talk about 2020 being so bad. But <laughs> if you w went back in time and stepped into these people's lives, they would probably be more than happy to come deal with a little COVID. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> because, because uh, okay, so 1815, this is the, in the wake of the French Revolution. So very quick uh, history on what was going on there. So you had a monarchy that was corrupt and huge division in classes. Mm -hmm. And um, so you had the aristocratic um, bourgeois, and then you had the just the poorest of the poor, like very little middle class, just this huge uh, divide. And so the French Revolution was an attempt to overthrow this monarchy and place them them under a republic so the people could have a better voice right right yeah <clears throat> well that was it was successful it was bloody it was a mess like it was like oh it was crazy and um and and guess who grew up out of this revolution napoleon <laughs> bonaparte right and so napoleon got uh his aspirations got a little got the best of him and he made himself Emperor. <laughs> right. So then it kind of backfired on what the whole goal, although a lot of the revolutionaries still championed Bonaparte because he was, because he was the people's, like he was Champion. fighting for the people, right? Right. Uh, until he, until he went to his head. And uh, so anyway, whenever he lost the battle at Waterloo, uh, the monarchy returned. And so now we enter into the time frame of the play of the, of the, of our story. This is right, right after the, um, the monarchy is reestablished and uh, what's it going to happen throughout the course of this epic story um, is there is another revolution that we don't see in the story that happens. It, uh, there's a time jump, a nine year time jump. Mm -hmm. And during that time frame, there is a, what is referred to as the July revolution which was successful and it dethroned um, one of the sitting king. But then another king came along who wasn't much better. And they, so they tried another revolution called the June revolution. And that's what happens in the second half of the story. Oh. And that was a failed revolution. Right. So that's kind of what we're looking at. The, the situation here is everyone in the story, pretty much almost every character in the story, except for maybe Javert, comes from well even Javert says he came from uh he was born in a prison born so, in a prison that's right which makes so much <clears throat> sense yes anyways so <laughs> the so most of the characters in the entire story are all impoverished they're right. just they're low class uh individuals there uh there's a hunger problem there is a um there is a, an employment problem there's an employment problem there is a famine happening and there is um all kinds of disease uh, right. 
in in all in all of this. And so several of the characters die without a lot of explanation. And this is why, because there's probably dying of cholera. Cholera was running rampant all throughout um, uh, Paris during this time frame. So when the characters die and you don't know why, it was like, well, when did they get sick? What's wrong with them? Why did she just die? You know, it was probably cholera. <laughs> so Right. <clears throat> it was it was very com- so you got this whole cast of characters who uh who were introduced to that are that all fit into this setting so sure. imagine 2020 on steroids <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and out of this out of this uh this background of of just poor destitution and and terrible means uh when you're introduced to the story you're introduced immediately to two main characters so two two people th- who throughout the the rest of the story um we continually go back into focus on and again if you read the brick um it's almost 200 pages in before you're introduced to any main character so like it it's it is such an epic that there are so many characters to list but these two main characters so you have Javert and Jean Verjean, and <laughs> right. they're the two most important people. And so the 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 character relationship between the two is very important, um, and their backgrounds and who they are as people. So you want to start with? Uh, well, yeah the whole the whole story kind of hinges on these two characters, right? Um, exactly. Uh, so you have uh, Javert is a um, is an inspector. He's a, a, a police chief. And um, he's overseeing work in a prison whenever the story begins. And one of the prisoners is Jean Valjean, as you mentioned, who is imprisoned for stealing a loaf of bread. And that that cost him five years in prison. And then he tried to escape and that cost him an additional 14. So he was in jail for 19 years. Now, you might think jail from an American view. No, these are slave labor. <laughs> like they, right. they, they put these guys to work. The the opening scene is all these prisoners trying to bring a wrecked ship into the harbor <laughs> in the middle of a storm. Like it's yeah. it's this ridiculous amount of work that they're putting on them. They're standing in the water in the rain, uh, right. hauling this uh, this the ship in. And there's, of course. Oh, by the way, this this there's very few spoken words in right. the story. This, it goes beyond musical. It really is an opera. They sing every, they sing everything, and um, so the, the 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 people are singing. Uh, look down is the name of the song that that begins it with, where they're basically saying, "Look down." Uh, don't let don't let them see your face. Don't look them in the eye. He's talking about the the guards, and uh, throughout the course of this song, uh, you can hear the hopelessness in their voice. In fact, there's one place where they say, uh, "Sweet Jesus, hear my prayer," and then the the very next line, another prisoner says, "Sweet Jesus doesn't care." Right. And so, so some of the other lines: <clears throat> uh, "Look down, look down." Um, You'll always be a slave, which is very key right there. Yes, You'll always yes. be a slave. Look down, look down. You're standing in your grave. You're here until you die, right? So there's this doom and 
Yeah, there's this there. metaphor happening. It's not just right. about these prisoners. This is a picture of human condition. And um, and so, so throughout the course of this, what happens is uh, uh, Valjean gets his parole. And he, uh, Javert says, you know what this means, don't you? And Valjean says, yeah, my freedom, which, by the right. way, is another key to the whole story, is slavery, freedom. Like, there's, there's this whole um, ongoing theme here. Right. And so he says, yeah, it means my freedom. He's like, no, because you, this, this is going to be a brand on you. And he hands him the parole papers, and he basically says, this is going to mark you. And you'll never be able to, to work until you understand the meaning of the law. Now, I don't know what he actually meant by that, but it, but it reveals Javert's character. He's all about law. Like, uh, he's, in, in the book, he wasn't a religious character. He was, he was a, somewhat of an atheist. But in, the, but in the play, he's definitely a Christian Right. Uh, but he views he views Christianity religiously, legalistically, very uh, law uh, oriented. Um, so then you've also got um, what well, another part of that uh, those lyrics. It's just I mean you go over in this you see um, it said basically you know like he says yeah it means my freedom and he says no. Um, unless you learn the meaning of the law, you'll starve again. Jean Valjean answers, or the meaning of those 19 years, a slave of the law. Mm, yes. <laughs> the, that line right there. And so, again, you have this picture of the law and slavery yes. at the very onset of this this epic. Yes, and the whole awesome. this this whole story. One of the reasons why the story even touches me so much is because um, I came from a very legalistic background, and so it's like it's like law was the only was the important thing. We were very much Javert in how right. <laughs> in how we treated uh, things, and uh, we weren't we we weren't very much like Valjean at all. Right, um, so. Let's see some of the other characters that we'll that we'll meet in the story is um, we meet a, a single mom who is trying to work to feed her child. Her name is uh, Fontaine, mm. and uh, we'll see that she falls on to hard times. She can't take care of the child, uh, so she has some innkeepers uh, who are kind of cruel to her to the little girl uh, taking care of her. We have right. the little girl is Cosette, mm-hmm. uh, and and we'll see her grow up through the course of the story, and uh, uh, fall in love with a man by the name of Marius, uh, who is who's also um, um, the the love interest of another character by the name of Eponine. Right. <laughs> so there's like this love triangle thing kind of happening there. Um, so you've got all these characters that are going to show up throughout the course of the show that are going to be in some kind of some dire straits. And so, um, so whenever Valjean gets out 
of prison. He is, um, he goes to a monastery. Uh, actually, he's looking for any place to stay. And he, because of his papers, he can't get a job. He can't, he can't, uh, he can't even stay a night in the inn. He really is a slave because of the law. And there's yes. no way out of it. He's stuck in this, this labeling of what he is because he stole a loaf of bread. Yep. And, and the thing, the thing, the picture here is it doesn't matter uh, what you did. If you've done something wrong, yes, then you're going to pay for it for the rest of your life. And, and that's very much how the law is portrayed in this is that there's no black and it's very black and white. There's no gray area. It's right or it's wrong. The law was either broken or it wasn't. Doesn't matter what the what the circumstances are. Right. Uh, and, and Javert is very good at that. Like he he is he is being very diligent to follow the law. So uh, that's all he cares about. So we see Valjean ends up at a at a at a, uh, a convent, and it's the only place that'll take him in. The bishop says, uh, "Come and have a, a seat with us," and he sings the song that's basically saying, um, "Come sit at our table and and eat our food, and what we have is yours." And he's he's very inviting, right? Right, and. Uh, uh, while they're eating, Valjean notices there's some silver in there, and he thinks, "Hey, this is my ticket. I can, I can get the silver and and steal it." And so he does, and uh, gets caught. <laughs> no, he no more leaves the place, and the police snagging, and they bring him back, and they're like, "This guy had the nerve to tell us that you gave him this." And the bishop says, well, that's true. I did give it to him. And so for the first time in Valjean's life, he receives grace. So at this point, he should have been sent back to prison for stealing because he's legitimately guilty. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, and he doesn't know. He, this is, it, it takes him by surprise. And so... What the what the priest does here is is huge. He not only says, "Yeah, that's true. I gave these things to him," but he also says, "But you forgot the most important pieces, right? Mm. You forgot the candlesticks as well." And the he, most he valuable a, ones. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he heaps grace upon grace and gives all these things to Virjan Ver, uh, with no, you know, uh, reconciliation, no strings and, attached. Exactly. Like, like this is like an act of pure grace. And there's one, one thing that the Bishop says to him that I think is really cool. He's like, I have saved your soul for God, right? You're God's now. Yes. You belong to him. (laughs) So it's basically this purchase of silver, this (laughs) with purchase with silver, basically bought his soul. And so, um, I want to play, uh, uh, Valjean's, response to this. So okay. it's one of my my favorite scenes. He doesn't he's he's trying to figure out why this priest would do this and and we can see it completely change his life. So this is kind of his conversion. What have I done, sweet Jesus? What have I done? Become a thief in the night, become a dog on the run. Have I fallen so far, and is the hour so late? 
And nothing remains but the cry of my hate, the cries in the dark that nobody hears, here where I stand at the turning of the years. If there's another way to go, I missed it 20 long years ago. My life was a war that could never be won. They gave me a number and they murdered Valjean when they chained me and left me for dead. Just for stealing a mouthful of bread. Yet why did I allow this man to touch my soul and teach me love? He treated me like any other. He gave me his trust. He called me brother. My life he claims for God above. Can such things be? For I had come to hate the world. This world that always hated me. Take an eye for an eye. Turn your heart into stars. This is all I have lived for. This is all I am now. One word from him and I'd be back. Beneath the lash upon the rack. Instead he offers me my freedom. I feel my shame inside me like a knife. Told me that I have a soul. How does he know what spirit comes to move my life? <laughs> Is there another way to go? I am reaching, but I fall. And the night is closing in As I stare into the void To the whirlpool of my sin I'll escape now from that world From the world of Shambhalshan Shambhalshan is nothing now Another story must be Okay, so, uh, man, so much going on in his conversion. Oh, yeah. Like Most he's, definitely. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he says, um, what is this spirit that moves me? And then he says, is there any, there is no other place to go. So, when confronted with grace, he says the only thing that he knew was an eye for an eye. Like that was the only thing he knew. And he was like, all of a sudden this happened and I realized there's another way. Right. And so uh, he's acknowledging the existence of his soul, of God's involvement. And right. uh, then, of course, at the end, he's, he's basically saying Jean Valjean is no more. He tears up the um, parole papers. <laughs> 
as he's leaving the the convent and he throws them up into the sky and the camera follows one piece of it as it floats higher and higher and higher and it goes right up into the sun yep and and i was just like wow there's such there's such metaphor happening here it's like taking the thing that bound him the that kept him a slave, even though he was no longer a prisoner, the thing that kept him a slave and, and cast it up to God. And, uh, so. Right. And this, this whole idea of changing his identity mm. is, is a direct correlation to what happens when, when we surrender to Christ. I love, uh, whenever he's confronted with grace, it, it turns him back upon understanding, um, his need for it. I feel my shame inside me like a knife, right? Mm-hmm. This, this. So you're confronted with grace. So you're you're confronted with your sin, and he chooses to become something different, become a new man, right? Yeah. So it's it's a perfect picture of salvation. The old has passed away. All things have been made new. Uh, you're a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. Over and over in Scripture, we see people given new names. Right, um, and and it's this this that's exactly what Jean Valjean is going through when corru- uh, confronted with grace in the face of his sin. Um, this guy pardons him, and all he's known is Javert uh, and law. <laughs> and the law, yeah. And now he's he's come to understand that that grace uh, it can happen and mm-hmm. can be given. It changes his character dynamic completely to one of uh one of somebody who is confronted by grace and then extends grace oh so 100 percent. yeah uh back to javert for a second i mean this guy is he's such a fascination with me um and you see throughout the entire story his focus on the law to the point where at one point Javert feels that he thinks that he's done wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Remember this? So he he uh, turns in, secretly he turns in uh, a guy, La Mer, that he thinks is Jean Valjean, and it actually is Jean Valjean. Yeah, yeah. But then they quote-unquote catch Jean Valjean. And, uh, <laughs> and so Javert goes back to Jean Valjean and says, I've wronged you, and I know the penalty. You can strip me of my title and rank, and I'll accept it completely because that's the law. That's what needs to happen. He's 100% willing to just be stripped of everything because his faith is solely in the law. Yes. That's all he cares about. Yes. Um, and the, the story is like, so th- I think the next clip you have is Fontaine's arrest, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, this, this woman, uh, we skip ahead a few years. Valjean right. has a new name. He's going uh, under the name uh, La Mer, Monsieur La Mer, who is the mayor now. Of, of this town. Yeah. Of, the, of some little town outside of Paris. And he owns a factory. I mean, he's taken that little piece of, the little bits of silver that he got from the bishop, and he's made... Uh, well on it. Now right. to do this, remember he told he tore his parole papers up and they had told him you gotta come back every month for the yeah. rest of your life. And he never did. 
So right. he so he broke parole. He's he he technically has broken the law. He's a fugitive. And, and he is and he is uh uh Valjean has been on has been wanted ever since, but now he's going under a new name and so anyway, he's running the running this factory and this woman uh who is turns out to be a um a um a single mom right is disgraced whenever the fellow, her fellow workers find out that she uh, she works in the factory that La Mer owns that Valjean owns and um whenever the fellow workers find out that she's got a child out of wedlock um they're jealous of her anyway is what it really boils down to they bring it up and because of the times and the way things work this was like a shameful thing and it wouldn't right. look good, you know, whatever. And so technically she got fired for this. And then she she can't take care of her child. She ended up selling her hair, selling her teeth. Uh, like she's doing everything she can to make uh, money on the streets to take care of her child who's being kept by a couple of innkeepers. And um, all the way down to the point where she becomes a prostitute. Yeah. And, um, and so... It's so depressing, and it's such a sad, sad scene. Oh, my like, goodness! I, I I I won't play it because it's too long. But um, but I I dreamed a dream is whoa. the seminal clip of Anne Hathaway won an Academy Award for this song, like for, right. for this one part. So it is. It is uh, just this complete destitute um, cry that my life used to be beautiful and I had dreams and I had all of this and I had a, a guy who loved me and I had a child and, and now all my dreams have been taken from me. My life, life has completely stolen every dream I had and now I'm living in, in a living hell and I I can't watch that scene without crying. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> just that it tears me up. And how Anne Hathaway can sing it <sighs> without cracking. Like she cries all through it, and it's just like this heart wrenching, amazing performance. Oh, it's so good. But anyway, <laughs> so th- she ends up. Um, um, turning on one of her, on one of the Johns that's coming through, and uh, he makes uh, some crude statements about her, and she slaps him, and so timing is everything. Here comes Javert. Javert, Javert right. sh- shows up at the moment when this rich John uh, is being quote unquote attacked by Fontaine. And so right. I chose this clip because it's going to give you some insight into Javert and uh, in, in how he looks at things. Tell me quickly what's the story? Who saw what and why and where? Let him give a full description. Let him answer to Javert. Javert, would you believe it? I was lost here in the dark. When this prostitute attacked me, you can see she left her mark. She will answer for her actions if you make a full report. You may rest assured, monsieur, she will answer to the court. 
has a child who sorely needs me. Please, Monsieur, she's brought back home. Holy God, is there no mercy? If I go to jail, she'll die. I have heard such protestations every day for 20 years. Let's have no more explanations. Save your breath, save your tears. Honest work, just reward. That's the way to please the Lord. A moment of your time, Javert. Do you believe this woman's tale? Monsieur Le Maire. You've done your duty. Let her be. She needs a doctor, not a jail. Monsieur Le Maire. Speak. Where will she end? This child without a friend. Okay, so we see this drastic difference begin to show up between <coughs> Valjean sure. and Javert. So Javert shows up and he's... And he, he basically, he sees the marks on this guy's face. So it's obvious that she hit him. Right. Period. Nothing else matters. The circumstances aren't relevant. The crime has been committed, and now he must carry out the punishment. Yes. And so that's why he said, if you will file a report, I'll make sure that she uh, goes to jail over it. Or she, she goes to court over it. And, of course, she begins to plead for mercy. I've got a child. I've got this. i got that. And, of course, we just got through hearing the I Dream a Dream song, so our hearts are already torn for her. And right. now she's saying, oh, God, is there no mercy? Like, like this just will not stop. <laughs> now I'm about to go to jail. And uh, none of it. Javert hears none of it. He says, um, honest work, just reward. That's the way to please the Lord. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and he goes, I, you know, I've heard this spiel for 20 years. Yes. You know, it's, it's the same spiel that everybody gives me anytime they're caught in an act. And basically, you know, that you're no different from anybody else and, and you're not going to get any mercy. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the law, the justice that yes. you, you deserve. And of course, and, Valjean shows up under the, um, under the, his, um, um, Guys of Lamar, yeah, guys of, of Lamar, and um, and believes her, and right. it's like if she goes to jail, what's going to happen to the child? Like, and so he he intercedes, he takes her to the hospital uh, because he's powerful, and he gets away with it, um, right? But we'll see here that one thing leads to another. He takes her to the hospital. She ends up getting sicker and sicker while she's there until she ends up dying. But before she dies, he makes the promise to her that he's going to make sure that Colette is taken care of yes. all of her life, that she's going to want for nothing. And part of the reason is because he feels guilty because it was his shop that she got fired from mm-hmm. while he didn't, he didn't realize it. And so he's, he's taking it upon himself. And this is another picture again, and you will see this over and over and over in the, in the story of salvation happening, right? So uh, Jean Valjean gets saved by the monk, right? He gets taken care of by the monk and, uh, who he hasn't done anything to earn it or get that reward. Now uh, Fontaine, Fontaine gets saved by Jean Valjean um, and she hasn't done anything to earn that reward. In fact, no. she did. She hit that guy, right? So right. He, she was in the wrong there. And then you see that he's going to go and save Colette 
Kazette. Our Kazette, sorry. Kazette. <laughs> it's funny Colette, because you did that because the innkeeper keeps messing up her name, too. <laughs> Kazette? Kazette. Kazette. Yeah, Kazette. So, <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, so uh, he's going to take care of Kazette. Um, and, you know, Kazette's never even met him. And, and yet, here he is going to save yeah. He's her. basically going to be a dad to this little girl. That like he's, he's never making known before. a commitment. And the and this thing gets compounded because he just made that conscious decision to turn himself in. Right. Be, because another man that was mistaken for Javert or uh, Jean Valjean, Jean Valjean. Mm-hmm. was going to go to prison in his place. And yep. he was like, I can't let that happen. I just my conscience won't let me let another man go to that prison for me. And so he decided, he was already decided he was going to give himself in. And all of a sudden, now his child falls into his lap. Now what do you do? It's another moral conundrum. So he's right. like, I guess I'll go on the run with her. Like, and so he becomes uh, wanted again. And, sure. and Javert like, uh, makes this pledge. I will run, run him to the ground. Like, I'll run him off his feet. Like, I will pursue him the rest of his life. Yeah, he's never going to escape me. And uh, going back to that that decision Jean Valjean makes shows you the change in him, mm-hmm. right? To where originally he was he was willing to steal the the silver from a guy who offered him bread and a place to sleep that night. Yes. To now he has a chance to fully become Le Maire and let this other guy take his fall. And he chooses to sacrifice himself so that that other guy, or to risk sacrificing himself so that that other guy can go free. Yes. yes. So it's another salvation picture. Yes. But it's also a, a, a picture of what somebody who, who has really been confronted by grace, what they change into. Mm, yes. Which yes. is somebody who bestows it, grace. That moment changed the entire uh, Javert's entire I mean sorry Valjean's entire life and um, so you know this this thing about law and grace that keeps happening um, we're seeing how grace changes the broken person yeah and um, so I'm probably getting a little out of the the, uh, order of, of things of the story but uh, but I wanted to, to focus on how it changes certain people and it doesn't change other people. Um, I've, I've got to read some, some scripture right quick. Uh, okay. I want to go to James chapter 2, and uh, which is funny. James chapter 2 is often used for very legalistic purposes. Right. Um, but I want to look at, uh, beginning in verse 8... Because um, this is one of my favorite passages concerning law and grace and law and mercy. And so you see the struggle between Javert and Valjean in these passages. Beginning in verse 8, it says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But... If you show partiality, you are committing sin 
and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. So he's basically describing the way law works. If you, if you mess up in the smallest way, you're guilty of the law. Just like Fontaine was guilty of slapping that man across the face. She was guilty. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And this is how Javert is viewing it, right? It doesn't matter what the circumstances were. It doesn't matter that he attacked her. It doesn't matter uh, that he was uh, was uh, taunting her or whatever it was. Like, none of that mattered. It doesn't matter that she has a kid. It doesn't matter that she's on hard times. Like, nothing else matters. But if we continue reading, he says, For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. But if you do not commit adultery, but do murder... You have become a transgressor of the law. So, speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For right. judgment is without mercy mm. to one who has shown no mercy. And mercy triumphs over, over, over judgment. Judgment, yeah. Yeah. So, to, to me, that is so important for... Um, for this this concept that um, that we're dealing with here between law and grace is that I love the way that that James has coined this term, the law of liberty, which is which is like a an oxymoron, right? Because the law doesn't bring liberty; the the law brings slavery. Yeah. And we see that in Javert. He's a slave to the law, right? In every action that he takes in this entire story is, in fact, at the one point where he is, can't, he just can't do what he's, his duty. He just can't do it. <laughs> because uh, later in the, in the story, Valjean Saves his saves Javert's life. Right. <laughs> he had an opportunity to kill him, and he untied him and let him go. He had a knife in his hand, and Javert knew, okay, he's going to kill me. And instead, he cut his bonds and let him go. And he can't reconcile with that. Right. And and Valjean was was like, uh, Javert said, "You're playing a trick on me." And right. Valjean says, no, you're wrong. You've always been wrong. And this is after 20 years <laughs> or whatever, 15 right. years of, of this cat and mouse between the two. And yep. Valjean just lets him go. And, um, and so a little bit later, we get to the point where Javert has him in his sights. He's captured him. He's finally got him. And Valjean doesn't stop. And, and Javert says, one more step. And I'll shoot you. And I will shoot you. And Valjean took that one other step, and he just couldn't pull the trigger. And that he could not reconcile. Couldn't justify it. That. Which, which reminded me of another passage in Colossians. So let me flip over there right quick. 
So that's Colossians 2, uh, starting in verse 20. It says, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Yeah. So it's like the flesh can't reconcile grace. Right. It's, it's, it's like... Um, the two are opposed to one another. Yeah. And, you know, I, I take a little, it's very interesting to me that, that whole thing. I, I don't know if I want to go there yet. Um, because there's so much we have light and darkness to talk about. We have the, <laughs> yeah, I've the revolution several, and all that. Several things to talk about. So, but, but I will, I'll, I'll unload this now. So for me, this picture of, uh, of Javert taking his life, blows my mind. So like I said before, I uh, when I was first introduced to this, I was introduced to it by way of a Bible study. We actually studied the book of Galatians and put La Miz on top of it and talked about the the purpose of the law um, and, and how it brings about grace. Yes. And so, uh, so you have Javert, who is the epitome of the law, mm-hmm. right? And then you have Jean Valjean, who is a picture of humanity. Yes. Um, who has been shown grace, right? So, throughout the entirety of the story, Jean Valjean is is constantly dodging the law, right? He he leaves it uh, whenever he changes his name. He dodges it, and he becomes a follower. But he continually dodges it, but the law is continually at his heels because the law must be satisfied. Yes. Justice must be served. Javert has to punish Jean Valjean, or in Javert's mindset, there's no purpose in the world. Yeah. Right? There's no justice. There's no justice. <clears throat> so I want to read Galatians chapter 3. Uh, and I'll read verses 23 through 29. And it says this, Now before... Oh, wait, no, no, let's go to verse 19 and just read down. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to know whom the promise has been made. Mm. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Javert would answer, yes. The law is contrary <laughs> or, or contrary to this grace thing that Paul is talking about. And Paul says, certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture, scripture imprisoned everyone under sin. Mm. So that the promise of faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So there's a purpose for the law. Its purpose is to imprison. 
right? Yes, yes. So, so you, you have Javert at the very beginning imprisoning Jean Valjean and trying to do that throughout the entirety of the story. <laughs> yes. Verse 23, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For many of you were baptized into Christ and put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female. For all you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. And if we jump back up and we read... Verses 10 through 14, we see this picture even more clearly. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified by God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. That's where... Javert is saying, you do these things, and you're good. You don't do them, you're yeah, not. Yeah. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. That's the key. <laughs> for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, then, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Mm-hmm. So what am I saying? The, the thing is this, Javert could not justify not killing Jean Valjean, and yet he allows Jean Valjean to go free. So what must Javert do? Well, he only has one play, and that's to kill himself. Yeah, He's putting <laughs> to death the law. This yeah. is a picture of God putting to death sin and death through the redemption of Christ Jesus. Yes. God, in, in a sense, put himself to death to justify saving us. Yes. It's so deep. Like, <laughs> because if you think about it, when Javert, so Javert commits suicide, he steps off of a, a bridge. And, right. um, which, by the way, is also, there's all this imagery of water. Water, yeah. All throughout the show, which is a, a picture of the spirit. So he steps off the bridge into this um, water reservoir. And um, in doing so, he basically gives Valjean freedom. Yes. Once and for all, total freedom. Once, once and for all, because he was really the only one chasing him. Yeah, like, he, like he's the only one who cared. Like he was obsessed with catching him. Yeah. And the minute he dies, the law died with him. Right. And so that yeah. is a picture of Jesus on the cross. Right. In, in a different way, like it, oh, it's so good. Like it's, yeah. It's the picture of of God satisfying, and that's what Jesus says. He says he's not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Mm -hmm. And how does he do that? By sacrificing himself on the cross in fulfillment of that law, which is what Javert did whenever he sacrificed, basically. He 
committed suicide, letting Jean Valjean finally go free. Yeah. Took away the, took away the punishment, or he <laughs> took the punishment of the sin upon himself. Right, right. By not shooting Jean Valjean and jumping off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, it's just so beautiful. When you yeah. look at that, you're going, wow, that's what Jesus did for me. Mm. So, it's so deep. <laughs> yeah. So, it's good. Yeah, another theme that I saw on the show was um, how there's light in the darkness. Yes. And so... Um, there's so many things that are folding in on themselves. So this story of law and grace, it travels from the beginning to the end. So it's, it's all there, right? But throughout the course of the story, you got these little pictures of miserable people. You get these pictures of, of people who have no hope. Like there's right. not, there's no hope. And it, it each one of these characters gets a little soliloquy, which I love because I'm a Shakespearean fan, but, <laughs> and I like soliloquies because it's like, it gives you insight into the heart of the characters. Sure. And, and so, uh, I dreamed a dream is Fontaine soliloquy. Um, Eponine sings, uh, on my own, on my own, yes. which is a lament that she'll never have the man she loves. Like it's, and and it's like, ah, oh, it's another Cosette. Cosette's soliloquy—is uh, it Cosette or Co- what? Cos- Cosette, name? yeah. Cosette's soliloquy, a uh, castle on a cloud, even. Yes, yes. Is a picture of this. Yes, I'm. I yeah. there, there's a castle in this in the clouds where right. where I won't have to sweep floors and I won't be treated badly by these people that are taking care of me. Like she's fantasizing. Right of a place it's beyond heaven. the darkness. Yes, yeah. it's it's a place that's out of the darkness. And even whenever they tell her, "Go fetch the pail of water in the wood," yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Please don't make me go out in the darkness alone." Yeah, but she goes out into the darkness, and that is where Jean Valjean finds, finds her. her. Yes. He is a ray of light that right. has been sent to, and, and he's a ray of light for Fontaine whenever he shows up for her. So right. I can't stand it. I got to go ahead. I got to play. I dreamed a dream since we're talking about this, but so it's sure. So this is like, um, when you're thinking about people like in a, just a hopeless situation, uh, that's what we're experiencing here. This is Fontaine singing about her life, and how it has fallen to a place where she was selling her own body to try and take care of her child. There was a time when their voices were soft and their words inviting. There was a time when love was and the world And the soul was exciting. There was a time. Then it all went wrong.
So, man, so, <laughs> so that's just a heart-wrenching uh, song. Crying over here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, um, it's such a picture of human depravity. Being totally destitute. And having, like, complete darkness, like having no hope whatsoever. Right. And although Fontaine's story is a tragedy, she she never sees uh, reconciliation in life. Right. But we do see light coming into her life. 
through the picture of Valjean who says, I will take care of your child. She will want for nothing. Right. And, and so then he does, he takes Cosette into his own care. And then I love the fact that at the very end of the movie. Yes. It just puts everything <laughs> into perspective. It's so brilliant. At the very end of the movie, she shows up as a phantom or as an angel or however you want to view it to lead him <laughs> like in like uh, as he is finally dying she shows up to guide him to bring him to bring to him heaven. into heaven and right. and she's even praying on his behalf as he's about to die like she's she's saying uh take him into your dear god take him into your care Right. And um, and oh, it's just a, such a, a a beautiful scene. But I'm I'm reminded also in the book of James when uh, we we see a picture of what um, Valjean is doing in these situations and what he's being driven by the grace that he's been shown to do these things. So James says at the very end of chapter one, he says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion's worthless. Mm-hmm. Religion is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, and it's this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So what does Valjean do? He visits orphans in their affliction. Right. And he ends up taking Cosette into his care. We also see uh, this happening later on. Uh, as Cosette is is a young adult, and she falls in love with a, a young revolutionary by the name of Marius. Yeah, and um, they Marius is involved in the failed revolution, the June Revolution that we spoke of at the first of the show. And which go ahead that that whole thing right there is just heartbreaking as well because you have this picture of people who are so destitute that they're ready to rise up and they try to rise up and and all of them save marius from Mm -hmm. the abc cafe end up dying and end up dying in this this revolution that they're trying to make their lives better and there's just so much darkness and they can't make their lives better yes and and uh it's just uh, i mean the 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 gavroche is one of the most heartbreaking characters in the whole thing. Yeah, it's a little boy. Little boy who gets, you know, uh, who's fighting in the revolution and gets shot up trying to collect some gunpowder, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's so heartbreaking. But Marius is among those revolutionaries who are trying to make everything better. Yeah, and so you have this darkness of war, you know, of right. revolution in the streets. And... um and you have um, Valjean gets a letter to Cosette from Marius. 
Right. He he kind of intercepts it, <laughs> and uh, I guess Galvosh brings it to him, but it, but it says um, it it says basically goodbye. I'll probably right. die in the street. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I wish we could be together, but I'm going to die with my brothers in the street during revolution. And so what does Valjean do? He goes and he rescues it. He goes <laughs> to the barricade. He yeah. doesn't have any part in this revolution, but he goes to the barricade anyway. And he becomes light in the, the darkness of, oh man, bring him home. That's just those yes. some amazing, like, so that's another prayer. Uh, while they're waiting on the attack to come in the morning, all the revolutionaries are, are sleeping behind the barricade, including Marius, and Valjean is watching him through the window, praying to God, bring him home. He's young. He, he has a whole life ahead of him. Bring him home. Keep him safe. Like, he's, he's praying this uh this this heart-wrenching prayer and then um when marius is shot and injured valjean steps in and carries him to safety through the sewers <laughs> so um which is nasty and um, that whole scene is just like crazy so the, um so it seems like god has appointed his chosen people to help be that light. We are the and, light of the world, right? Yeah, the self-sacrifice. I mean, this this whole thing is, I'm old, he's young. Yes. If I die, let me die, let him live, right? Yes. And so then he ends up going and saving a, a shot Marius. Uh, Who he didn't even know at this point. Right. Like, he had never even met the boy, like... Right, really met him, met him. He, you know, he saw him when he showed up at the, uh, at the, uh, at the barricade. But right, you know, he didn't know that it was this was Cosette's dad. Like right, it, he had no clue. Yeah, and so here he was, basically saving a stranger. Yep, because he knew that his daughter loved the man. Yet another picture of salvation in the midst of total depravity. Yes, stepping in once again, saving somebody from an untimely death. Yeah. Um, so, yes, so Valjean's sacrifices, uh, they, they just, they've built up. Like, he's, he sacrificed himself whenever he uh, turned him, went to turn himself in. He sacrificed his, he basically, uh, um, by, by taking in Cosette and raising her, and he right. risked the barricades for Marius. So the final theme that I wanted to focus on is that of freedom. Yes. So freedom and dignity, human dignity, like that's what the people of this revolution are looking for. Right. Is they're looking for dignity. There's some scenes where the poor people in the streets are singing to the bourgeois, basically saying, notice us and um, have compassion. Right. And, and that sort of thing. And so this, this little group of revolutionaries, they are attempting a run at freedom. And so um, we see here, uh, as this revolution starts, we see this heart, this desire for freedom that they have. Now, 
Think back to the very beginning of the movie. You had a desire for freedom in the jail. Right. And how that only came by grace. The freedom didn't come by the parole. The parole didn't give him any freedom. Freedom only came once he received the grace of God. Right. Once he, once he converted, that's whenever he received his freedom. So now here we are years later and we have freedom fighters. We have these people trying to build a revolution. And so um, I want to play a, just a short little clip of their, their song that basically is a picture of their desire for freedom. It's called, uh, Do You Hear? So uh, you can hear the cry in this song for, it's a cry to war, but it's also a cry for freedom. So right. you know, they're, they're saying, um, do you hear the people sing? It's the song of angry men. It's a, it's a song of people who will not be slaves again. So, right. it's, so it's this cry against slavery, against being uh, enslaved. Um, and I, I love the, the lyrics when the beating of the heart echoes the beating of the drum, there is a life, uh, when tomorrow comes. So it's like, right. they're looking forward to freedom on the horizon. Um, one of the things that, that I think that is, uh, that, that the, that the show points out though, is this is a failed revolution, right? Like it doesn't go well, right? And it ends with massacre. Yes, every all these people save one 
die <laughs> yeah. trying to do this. And the f- reason why it failed was a human failure. It wasn't there. It wasn't anything wrong with their heart. It was the fact that they were relying on the same thing that happened in the July revolution, which was when the revolutionaries stood up, the people echoed it and the people stood up with them and the people supported them and the people began to rise up against uh, in revolution. Right. And they were expecting the same thing to happen with their little band, but they rose up and everybody turned tail and ran. The rest of Paris turned tail and ran and would not support them. They closed up their windows when the war, when the shooting started and basically left them out to dry. And so the point that I wanted to make about this is even though it's tragic from the story's perspective, it's a picture of something. It's a picture that, that freedom is gained whenever we turn to God. Right. So Valjean was, att- was attaining freedom, even though he lived in the same environment, these young boys were who were ra- who were rising up in revolution and so uh um but the thing is that what we see here is what are they looking for they're looking for freedom and they're looking for dignity to be treated like a normal human being and not be treated sure. like trash or dirt as as they felt they were and god gives that dignity to the poor and so, in fact, at the very end of the, of the play, we have Valjean. Uh, we don't know how he, he, why he dies. He just gets sick and dies. Probably cholera. But he's... I mean, he was just swimming in poop, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we have the scene at the very end. He has kept the truth of who he was and his life on the, ro- on, on the run from his breaking parole. He'd kept that whole story from Cosette her entire life. And um, whenever it finally comes time for him to die, he wrote it all down and he handed it to her and said, this is the story of a man who went from hatred to love all because you came into my life, which isn't entirely true. It's because God came into his life, but right. But she was the, a picture of God coming into his life. Like she, she was the, the embodiment standing before him of that. Right. And, yeah. and so as she's, as he is dying, um, Fontaine appears and, and carries him uh, he sees the bishop who basically started this whole ball rolling. Um, when he goes past the bishop, there is this huge barricade. Yeah. With all the revolutionaries that had died in it. Yeah. Singing it, an echo of this of this battle hymn that we just listened to. But the but the lyrics are different, and they're brilliant. How he. The writer, whoever this this writer is, mm-hmm. uh, um, makes this into a picture of glory, of heaven, final 
piece. Yeah. Right? It's just absolutely and amazing. I've heard a lot of people say it's really weird that heaven's a barricade, like a war a picture of war, but not in the context of what we're of what we're seeing. We're seeing this is what their life was and this is how this is what they saw as a their the barricade was a symbol of their step into freedom. Right. Like that's well, what that's how they viewed that barricade. They're they're barricading against sin and death and the law and pain and suffering. <laughs> right. And, everything and that they poverty. Everything that they were trying to accomplish in life was given to them yeah. in death. And uh, uh I I noticed uh, someone pointed this out that I thought was kind of cool is that if you look at the barricade in the streets of Paris, when they're actually at war, there are coffins at in the, the front of at them, the, at the front of the barricade. And um, there aren't any coffins at the heavenly barricade. Instead, there are crosses at the front of the heavenly barricade. Right, and so this heavenly barricade is like huge. It's like super long and and uh, and and tall. And all the people that have passed away throughout the, in, the, the the throughout the film are all standing atop of it, and they're welcoming Jean Valjean mm-hmm. to 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 heaven and singing this song again. So I want to play this final clip of of this entire scene because uh, to me. There's a there's a phrase in here that just absolutely nails the entire uh, point of the whole film. This page, I write my last confession. Read it well when I at last am sleeping. It's the story. Of one who turned from hating The man who only learned to love When you were in his keeping Come with me The chains will never bind you
of the movie right there of the end in line tomorrow comes the whole all those when tomorrow comes when tomorrow comes and then finally tomorrow comes in other words it's it here. will happen it's or it's here yes the kingdom yes <laughs> oh there's so much um parallelism that's right. happening throughout all of this too um and one one of the cool things you can do with a musical that that uh, that that you can't do as easily with other things is, for example, tunes. So um, there are certain themes that play throughout the film, and if you'll pay attention to the themes that are playing, you'll see parallel things happening. So there is a song that um, Marius sings whenever he survives the barricade attack and all his friends are dead. And... Yeah. He comes into the room where they planned it all. And he begins to sing this song called Empty Chairs at Empty Tables. And he's talking about all his friends are dead and they'll never sing around these tables anymore. Like everything we enjoyed here is gone. So he's, it's a lament. Right. But that same tune is the exact same tune the bishop used whenever he invited Valjean into his table to come sit at his chairs and to have food. So, right. so it's like this, this parallel going on of, of, well, when this is what happens when we try on our own power and our own strength to find uh, salvation or to find freedom but this is what happens whenever God gives you your freedom. And, and so, uh, and just like you were saying, the, the, the theme song that's happened, that's sung at the barricade is the exact same song that they sang whenever they began the battle, this march, this, this, uh, cry that they, but the words are completely different again. Mm -hmm. Uh, this this whole parallel of showing the difference between uh, the darkness and the depravity and the things that we that we see around this earth that are just horrible the lay miserable that is all around us, but there is a heavenly picture that is glorifying. So Fontaine's life was horrible on this earth, 
yet she says, come with me and share my love, for my love is everlasting. And so it's like this beautiful picture of she's no longer suffering. Now she's enjoying uh, her existence where she is now. And, uh, and then, of course, they say the line in there to me that sums up the whole picture is to, a lo- to love another person is to see the face of God. Mm. Like, I think that that's just a, a, a beautiful line. Uh, man, I think it's my favorite line in the entire play. I, it's just powerful. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a big epic piece. It was a big undertaking to try and talk about it all. But, yeah, <laughs> and, and there's tons as you that can we see missed. from our hour and a half of of talking, and we barely I feel like scratched the surface compared to what. <laughs> oh my goodness! There's just so much. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, well, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's jump out of here. What in the world? Do you got your uh, got your script? Hold on, real quick. I'm getting it. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. Go ahead. Okay, I got to figure out what song to do here. I don't have a good. Do you hear the people sing singing the song? Oh well, hey, Hugh Jackman was in there, so I might as well play some X Men music. <laughs> I mean, sure, that fits. <laughs> Theo Pop is part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Visit us at our website at theonotspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Be sure to rate us and like us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voice mail line at 972-885-7270. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theonauts. And if you like us and want more Theonauts and Theopop, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. And don't forget to tune in again and explore pop culture with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. God bless. This has been Theopop. Call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission Transmission. Don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important.